No, just fruit. But it, it, uh, how about a specific apple? Like a kind of apple? Yeah. No, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I don't know if I'd be able to taste the difference. Yeah, like in a pie, like if I'm eating it raw, you know, sure. <laughs> but like in a pie, I don't know. I mean, like, Granny Smith versus, like, Pink Lady, sure. You're, tell- you're telling the difference. Um, but sometimes you want a blend. You want, like, 50-50. You want some tart apple in there, but you want some sweet, too. I do want the tart apple in there. Yeah. I do. That's mm. that's how I roll with apples. Yeah. What, 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 everyone else, what's your favorite pie? I think you know where I'm going with this. I think some people know. Lamar loves a cream pie? Yeah. Banana cream pie. <laughs> I love the cream pie. That's my pie. Oh, yeah. That's your pie as well? <laughs> Banana cream pie? Well, I just, just the, uh, think talking about pies, the Revenge of the Nerds scene. Oh. That's it. <laughs> Banana cream pie. Yeah. yeah, that's a good pie. It's I don't know what it is. I just think bananas... One of my favorite fruits, just the cream in it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. Uh, right behind that, I'm with you, Mike. I like an apple, but a Hell Dutch yeah. apple. Okay, yeah. I like the crumb on it. I don't know mm-hmm. what it is. It gives it that extra plus. I get that. But an apple pie, you can't beat it. No. This time of year? No. Throw Same a cherry as a distant third, maybe. Okay. I don't know. It gets kind of weird then. Well, I like a cherry apple. Can you blend it? <laughs> oh. Yeah, you know what? Start throwing stuff in there with the apple. Some mm. like a little cranberry here and there. Whoa. Maybe like a raspberry, a marionberry. I don't know. Whatever you got. Razzleberries. Yeah. Uh, some of the berries get a little weird. I don't know if I can go that deep. Like I, I like the blueberries. <laughs> okay. But when you get to the blackberries and those marionberries and mm-hmm. oh, dude, I love blackberries. Yeah. I don't know. All day, all day, blackberries. Throw yeah. like some stone fruit in there with my apples mm. as well. I'm into that. <laughs> mm. God damn. Well, that's how we do it on Rabbit Troop Sucks. Welcome back. We just sit around talking about pies. Hopefully, all of you got your share of pies yesterday with your Thanksgiving feasts. And I know a lot of people, you know, celebrate over the weekend because they just can't make a Thursday come together. So, you know, write us about pies. <laughs> uh, you know, if you, as I've said numerous times, if you want to hear Mike's sultry voice. Um, yeah. Just, we want to hear about all the cream pies you had last night. Right. Mike, Mike had like write you voice messages just talking about pies like cranberry mm-hmm. <laughs> he talked about all the berries and then lamar said he couldn't go too deep with some of the berries no. and i'll just you can subscribe to my asmr channel where i just talk about pies oh, it's like you opening the package <laughs> yeah and, gosh mm, you can really smell the blue on these blueberries <laughs> yeah uh well welcome back uh today we're gonna be doing <laughs> We're going to be doing uh, Tower Heist yeah. uh, 2011, and uh, we're a podcast about obscure, forgotten about, and often overlooked films, so uh, this one's going to be fit in the bill. As always, I'm your host, Paul. Next to me is my co-host, Mike. Hello. <laughs> I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> uh, next to Mike is Colin. Yo. That's, I was ready for that, and <laughs> next to Colin and me uh, is Lamar. Hi, Lamar. Hello. So, uh... Tower Heist, uh, something I did not know uh, until we started off-air talking was uh, Brett Radner is the director, uh, director of Rush Hour, and 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 apparently a bunch of Mariah Carey movies <laughs> or videos, uh, and this guy got in some kind of trouble. What's going on with this guy? Oh, he just got me too'd in 2017. One of those guys, a couple uh, sexual harassment allegations. That's really unfortunate wow. to hear. Because uh, these are movies I, I like, and I did not know any of that. So yeah, Something else about he, uh, he, I think he moved to Israel, and 
is uh, over there now trying to rebuild his career. Okay. So he's just like not directing or doing anything. I don't, I don't know. I didn't look that much into it after yeah. I, I took a kind of a U-turn. At this point, you hit yeah. Israel. And it's like you know what? Hard, hard <laughs> yeah, stop. That's yeah. hard stop. Got to. This yeah. movie, I think this movie fires on every single cylinder of fitting the bill for our podcast. Yeah. I never ever hear anyone in my life talk about this movie. Over a decade ago, my wife was like, hey, you guys watch movies. I saw this movie that maybe you should like or watch because I liked it. And we all watched it 10 plus years ago. Uh, and we all liked it. Uh, outside of Colin, that is. is me, Lamar, and Mike. Um, and I, that was the only other time I've seen it. Yeah, I haven't seen it since. Oh, the cops are coming. They're coming. Oh, to shit. All, all they heard about the cream pies. <laughs> they heard about the cream pies and you not watching this film. Uh, yeah, just to go over you know, some of the people in this movie... Uh, you have Eddie Murphy, Ben Stiller, Casey Affleck, Alan Alda, Matthew Broderick, Judd Hirsch, Tia Leone, and others. Are you freaking kidding me? That this movie is, is like all-star cast every which way. That is a stack yeah. cast, man. Colin, have you seen this movie beforehand? You know, I think uh, I was watching it with my wife earlier, and about halfway through, I think we realized that we totally had seen it before. Very probably good. back in 2011, 2012. So yeah. We about it. And that I think that's when we saw it, like probably 2012, maybe 13. But I'm like, yeah, again, like 10-ish years ago. Um, but no one ever talks about this movie. Even if they didn't like this movie, no one talks about it. And Mike, I think you were looking something up, uh, I think earlier this year, and you're like, wait a minute, isn't Tower Heist like during a Thanksgiving parade? And it is. And part of the trivia is they try to get that out of the movie. And I guess the director fought for it to be in, highlighting it was integral to the heist, which is very true. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I don't know why they were trying to get this out, or maybe they're trying to make it a different part of the year, or maybe they're trying to have them rewrite this stuff. But isn't that right, Mike? Like that you found some kind of list or something? Yeah, it, w it was kind of on the tail end of, of last year's holiday season when I was still looking for like seasonally appropriate but overlooked films. <clears throat> and I totally forgot that the Thanksgiving Day Parade was like a plot point of this movie. And it popped up on a list uh, as like a Thanksgiving-ish movie. And so, yeah, I... I that, that's where kind of that's where this came from, uh, and yeah, I I hadn't seen it since ten years ago when you and I watched it. That sounds like a conspiracy, and they were trying to stifle the fact that this could appear on a Thanksgiving movie list because around this time of year, let's face facts, we're all typing in Thanksgiving movies, right? And Tower Heist is popping up, and maybe the studio didn't want that. Maybe. Or, it, well, you know, it wasn't the studio at all. It was a group of thieves who had something very similar planned, and they just had to try to quell it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Good thinking. Yeah. Instead of, like, Tower Heist, it was, like, Macy's Heist. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I, I'm going to open up with, uh, I really like this film. I think people should watch this film. This movie is a very good blend of seriousness, uh, or has seriousness and comedy in it for me. So I think, you know, immediately people are going to be like, uh, Ben Stiller's probably going to go one of a couple ways in this. Uh, is he like really funny or is he kind of goofy or is, I mean, Ben Stiller's been in numerous serious films. Eddie Murphy is probably uh, someone that people are going to think the same. Like, Oz oh, is just going to be like slapstick comedy and kind of weird. Casey O'Fleck is kind of going to be the wild card and probably everyone else. Like Matthew Broderick's been in a mixture of serious things, you know, lots of play performances. He's definitely not just Ferris Bueller by any means. Yeah. Um, but I really, really like the blend of there's a lot of comedy, but it's um, 
Like realistic comedy. It's like a conversational comedy. Like if I just saw Lamar hanging out, even if we we're in a serious situation I, and I just stood next to Lamar for 10 minutes, I'm probably going to be making jokes, not just like, oh, the world's serious. Mm, let's just talk about that for 10 minutes. Um, and they don't. Uh, they make jokes along the way and then some serious stuff happens and then it's a heist movie, which is one of my favorite things on earth. So. Yeah, same. Also, uh, obviously... Every episode of Rabbit Troop Sucks is a big spoiler. But I would say if, if this is a movie you are interested in watching and you haven't seen it yet, I would watch it before you listen yeah, to this. Good call. Um, just because it is like, I, I do think this is kind of a fun movie. Uh, and it's not like some of the shit that we review where it's like, you're it, even if we spoil it, it's not like you're not ruining the fun. Like, I don't know. It, if you haven't seen it, I'd, I'd watch it for, for the. The, the heist, I guess. I don't know. What are you doing? Uh, happy uh, day after Thanksgiving slash Black Friday. I mean, you're probably just soaking in those four pies that we talked about. Yeah. So just hit pause for a second. Hop onto the Rabbit Troop Sucks store because we're having a Black Friday sale. Yeah, we are. Um, load up this movie and then come back in a couple hours and finish the app. All Wait, right. We're having a Black Friday sale? We okay. are. We are having a Black there, Friday sale. There, and, there's, and there's a Christmas shirt that's up there. Yeah, there is a special Christmas shirt. Nice. It's based on a joke that I think you made in an episode like six months ago that no one will remember. Wait, who, who made the joke? Colin. Yeah. Oh no. Oh, are, you, are you serious? Oh wait, uh, wait we'll, we'll tell you off air. We'll tell you the movie. It comes right. from and everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you, you weren't, you were just kind of rehashing a line from the movie, but now it's a shirt friend. Sweet. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, go to our rabbit troop sucks, uh, rabbit troop sucks.com webpage. There's a bunch of shirts there. There's going to be a Black Friday special, so mm-hmm. you can get uh, very discounted shirts. Uh, unfortunately, Jeremy's not here because he would attest to, quote unquote, they are the softest shirts that I own. Um, and they're listed as super soft. And, yeah. and the Christmas shirt's dope. Or if you don't get a Christmas shirt, get any shirts. Yeah, the Halloween stuff is still up there. And yeah, we you know we we tested a couple shirt types and we they're a little bit more expensive, but I think they're worth it. Do we still have the shower fabric. curtain All up right. there? Shower curtain's still up there. Mm-hmm. Skateboard, throw pillows, uh, mouse pad. Very nice. So wow. I saw I saw Tony Hawk's son married Francis Bean Cobain. Mm-hmm. How do we get Tony Hawk's son a rabbit troop? Yeah, do we want to send him a couple boards for like a? Well, if he rides it, I will 100 percent buy that board for him. So it's oh just yeah, that. <laughs> that's fine. Absolutely. Um, I just want that guy to get it. So right. Uh, write us Tony Hawk's son. Yeah, just tell us where to send the skateboard. <laughs> yeah, and then send us lots of photos. So you're mm-hmm. doing cool stuff. Yeah, that's cool. I didn't know that. Uh, when did they marry? I don't know, a few weeks ago, okay. I think. Uh, Michael Stipe officiated it. because <laughs> oh, wow. That is Francis Bean Cobain's godfather, wow, which okay. made me extremely happy. Oh. Um, congratulations to that couple. Yeah, so congratulations. Someone buy them a skateboard from our company to theirs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it makes a lot of sense. Let, look, do, you forgot to buy uh, the Hawk Cobain wedding a gift? Well, go to rabbittroopsucks.com. Mm-hmm. need a shower curtain, skateboard. <laughs> yeah, you can get all of your Christmas shopping done right now yes all of your friends want this i don't see what the problem is yeah. <laughs> that is a cool name the hawk cobains yeah, they, yeah <laughs> that, i'm i'm not usually for the hyphenating of the names but that's, but that's the one that yeah, should happen. you ride that out yeah <laughs> well if it was hers it would be cobain hawk either way it's cool either way yeah i mean you're basically in a power couple so it's too bad maybe at some point someone from tony hawk's family can marry like Maya Hawk, and it could be the Hawk Hawk. Nice. The Hawkinins. Yeah. Just change it. Hawk 2, but like squared. Oh, yeah, like the little two up top. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think legally that might be a problem, but I'm willing to watch it. You make it it work. It happen. 
Well, jumping right into this all-star cast of everyone that I noted and a bunch of people uh, that will still be there. Mm. Uh, there's just so many people in this movie. Mm. Um, that uh, it starts off, you, you get to learn a little bit about Ben Stiller, who plays Josh uh, Kovac. And uh, yeah, he's just kind of a guy, you know, making coffee, listening to Martha Stewart. He's mm-hmm. in New York. Uh, he looks like he's in a really small apartment. You know, but very working class and kind of intercut with this. We see Alan Alda, who is, uh, I don't remember his name, which should surprise nobody. Arthur Shaw. Arthur yeah. Shaw. Mr. Thank Mr. you. Mr. Shaw. Mr. Shaw. Um, we, we see his morning routine kind of like play by play. Like he's swimming in his penthouse rooftop pool that has like a hundred dollar bill in it. Or like it's printed like a hundred dollar bill. Um, but then, then like Ben Stiller's making coffee. So we have this contrast of like. The super, super rich morning and the blue collar working class. Morning. But they have one connection that mm-hmm. online they are playing chess against one another. And I admittedly thought that this was going to be some kind of secret that they didn't know they were playing against one another. No. But uh, upon them meeting uh, for the first time in the movie, not that they have not met a million times, Josh works for Mr. Shaw. Mr. Shaw has the penthouse suite in this tower. Everyone who rents out places in the tower, basically Josh, amongst other people, are essentially their employees. They're their go-to, whatever they need, life people. Uh, but when they see them, uh, see each other, uh, he highlights like, oh, checkmate, like I got you. And like they clearly know that they're playing chess against one another. So I thought that was a little interesting. Again, I thought that was going to be like the big review. I have seen, although I've seen this movie, I thought that was going to be something at the end. Like, by the way, checkmate. A chess thing is said, but it's not. That And I also thought, again, that I haven't seen this movie in 10 years, that Ben Stiller, I was like, is he just like tricking him? Is he purposefully losing just because he works for him? So he doesn't want to be like, oh, I'm smarter than the guy I work for. Uh, No, he loses the game for real, uh, at least this match. So to a wrap. Yeah, that chess game is really integral to the plot. And so just keep that in mind as we go forward. Because chess is a good analogy that's being used throughout this movie. And Alan, all his character, Mr. Saw, he's really deep into chess, as we'll see. As you can see, as I'm a big chess fan, you could king me anytime. <laughs> 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 Just kidding. Wow. Um, uh, but yeah, Josh is basically his go-to assistant, and that's kind of the dynamic that they have. Every yeah, which way. he's like the manager of the, it's just the tower. What is the building called? You know what? I think it's, it's just like the tower. I think it's called Tower Heist. It's like, yeah, the building. Man, they they should have seen this coming. <laughs> they should have prepared better. Yeah, but yeah. He, he's like the he's the the building manager basically, um, and yeah, everyone that's there is just like a concierge or a an assistant of some kind. To, and, yeah. and we learn, which I really like, Ben Stiller's character is authentically and sincerely nice. Mm-hmm. Um. Everyone really likes this guy. Everyone really respects this guy. Uh, you could see the clientele is somewhat snooty. So who knows what they think of him, but at least the staff and everyone else he interacts with throughout the rest of the movie, if it's not the clientele of the tower <laughs> and the tower heist, <laughs> um, that uh, everyone's like, wow, this guy like follows through on everything he does. He's very organized. Um, and he seems to like, genuinely care about people. Um, my wife brought up uh, Lamar. You've seen all of the bear. And she's like, wow, uh, his role is like cousin in the bear. Do you remember like in season oh, wow. two? Yeah. Yeah. And once that once that was there, like it totally clicked in for me. So all of you bear fans out there, 
cousin in season two eventually gets a job working at a restaurant, not going to ruin anything, but he's basically getting trained. And the real training is that people really actually like their job at the restaurant. And he doesn't get it because he's used to working at like a failing restaurant that's constantly like losing money where the clientele treats you like crap. But he's working at this nice restaurant where the clientele loves going there. And the employees love working there because all your job is to do is to cater to all of their wants and needs in a nice way. Like, you know it ahead of time. Your job was to learn what they want and just give it to them. And he loves it. And he realizes, you know, a restaurant is like a magical experience. Like if you give someone like like a very notable dish, you're giving them a memory to keep on for the rest of their lives. And yeah, once my wife noted that, I was like, oh my God, that's totally Ben Stiller's role in this. That's a good call out. (laughs) Just renewed for season three, by the way. I saw that. Oh yeah, and, Hell yeah. Uh, yeah yes. I'm all for it. If that was mm-hmm. not renewed for season three, like I, like I don't even know what to say about like the world. Yeah, <laughs> like that's that's insanity. <laughs> that's a good analogy or a good connection between yeah. um, a good show and a good movie. I gotta say, good good call. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I mean, so I, I understand the dynamic here that you know these people are paying like crazy amounts of money to live in this tower. Uh, and it's explained later to, uh, to another employee who starts training. I know I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but for the backdrop is the uh, the explanation is, you know, these people come here, but we are an extension of their lives and they live here. So they don't need to think about like X, Y, and Z. They don't need to think about their favorite foods or their newspapers or what's being delivered. We've got that covered so they can live their hectic lives and stuff like that. And clearly everyone wants to make more money and, you know, all of the employees kind of like look up to some of these, uh, these people staying there because they're like, ah, one day I want to make it big. I want to live in the penthouse. I wish I could do these things. And for some of them, it probably will never happen. (laughs) No, it's not looking good. That that movie does a good job of showing the uh, contrast, like the, uh, between the working people and this tower, which I assume is maybe ninety percent residential. Just seems like rich people just live here. There's yeah, no retail or anything. That's that's kind of what and I think just, it's just like a big condo for rich people. Yeah, yeah. and at the penthouse is Mr. Shaw, who um, he was introduced. I earlier. one of the employees is Casey Affleck, who is Charlie. I. I, I was really racking my brains. Like I've seen a handful of Casey Affleck films. Uh, I have no problems with Casey Affleck. I think this is the best role I've ever seen him in. Uh, <laughs> I, and I can't think of another movie that I have personally seen where he does better than this. I thought he was good in the Oceans movies. Oh, yeah. I do. Yeah. Like the I, there was like a big serious one and I cannot think of it. Is it like something by the sea? I have not seen this movie. Oh, Manchester by the Sea. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that supposed to be really good? Um, I couldn't make it through that movie, to be honest with you. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> I'll finish it one day, but it's very... Wasn't uh, it like very, super depressing? Yeah, you, you got to go in <laughs> that movie in a different way. From oh, what man. you remember, was he good in it? Uh, uh, <laughs> I, I love everybody in that movie. It, it's just so, so depressing. I had to back out. Yeah, it, well, yeah. I, I heard that movie was pr- a pretty big bummer. Yeah, that's like the big thing. Like, I that's all I remember hearing about it. That it's very good and just a depressing ride. I'm like, I just don't know where I could fit that in a schedule. Like, I'm on the weekly. I'm watching a movie for this podcast, and then like my wife and I will watch something fun. I don't know when I'm like. With the now non-existent time, let's just replace it with the most depressing yeah. thing I can watch. I don't really like stressful entertainment. Yeah. So 
Yeah, and, no. And the movie, it was kind of slow for me as well, mm-hmm. and I just couldn't ride with it. But um, yeah, Les- Lester's like... in it too. Oh, really? Is oh, it? really? Yeah. <laughs> nice. I like oh, Lester. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well, okay, so... We quickly see Ben Stiller's day-to-day. He's run around, uh, as I said before, very organized, getting everything together. Yeah, putting uh, out fires, helping people. Casey Affleck is a mixed bag of starting fires and putting them out, apparently. <laughs> yeah. uh, not doing really well at this. Um, but then we find out one of the residents needs to get kicked out. Uh, he's, he hasn't been paying. So... Uh, Judd Hirsch is Matthew, or I'm sorry, Judd Hirsch is Ben Stiller's boss who wants him to kick out Matthew Broderick. Um, yeah, he's like a disgraced finance guy. Um, this movie is very much of the time that it came out. Like, this is very, very post economic downturn of the late aughts. Yeah. yeah 2008, 2009. Yeah. yeah. Matthew Broderick plays Mr. Fitzhugh. Fitzhugh, yeah. And I love Matthew Broderick. Oh, he's, he's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. every single moment with Matthew Broderick in this film is my favorite moments. Mm-hmm. Like the things he says in this film are, are kind of fantastic. <laughs> um, and it's kind of weird. Cause I feel some of the characters don't really hear him. <laughs> I mean, yeah. like, they, like he says it and I would be like, if someone said that in a room, I would be alarmed. And they just usually look at him and write him off. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, this is actually one of those times where I thought, man, he could have used a little more of this character in it in the movie and he did feel like just background as he says something, but it's not registering with this crew. And we get a, We get a new character. We get, uh, we get another Michael in the mix. Michael, did you love this Michael? Michael Pena. Yeah. yeah. I do love Michael Pena. Oh uh, yes. Yeah. And he plays Enrique and he, mm-hmm. he rolls in and Ben Stiller doesn't really know what's happening, but he's there. He's like, hi, I need to be trained. And what is he? He's making all these references to working at like he, he was. At, yeah, yeah it's like I had a lot of years at the BK. Yeah, the BK. Look, how is that another building? Like, yeah, you know, it's the Burger King. Yeah, um, <laughs> which doesn't really translate well into this new job. It seems very mysterious why this guy would even be here. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, Ben Stiller. I think it's Ben Stiller. He's like, you know, I mean, Burger King. That's great, but you know, the average uh, resident here pays like four million dollars for their for their you know condo or whatever do you know what that four million dollars buys you and michael Pena is like white neighbors <laughs> which, which i thought was a pretty uh a pretty solid michael Pena joke yeah he gets it he yeah yeah i mean he made a joke but he, he gets what's going on yes um, so yeah uh he's training him and somehow through all the training uh ben stiller is clearly writing this guy off in his mind but uh, Mr. Shaw runs into him and loves this guy mm-hmm. and is like, oh, my God, you're going to totally hire him. I'm going to work with this guy. I love him. I can't wait till he's on the crew. Uh, we're all a big family here. And Ben Siller's like, yep, that's exactly what I was thinking. You read my mind. I'm totally mm-hmm. going to hire him. So out of obligation, because, you know, he's catering to whatever anyone wants. And Mr. Shaw has that penthouse. Uh, he hires uh, Enrique, which is maybe my second favorite character. Matthew Broderick is by far just definitely he's like this movie. If I had a qualm, it's more Matthew Broderick, please. But you always want, you know, more of what you can't have. So I honestly think he's perfectly cast. Um, he is not the main character, but when he's in it, God, God, he's in it. No, he, he, <laughs> When he's there, he's stealing it. He's stealing it from everyone else. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't really remember a lot outside of that kind of sets things up. Uh, yeah, there, there's like a little bit of back and forth. We meet some of the other characters. Um, Lester. 
We meet and Lester, the door guy. And he highlights at, uh, later that night he's going to retire. He's going to retire. We meet, uh, I, I will not be able to pronounce her name correctly, Precious. Oh, yeah. Uh, From the movie Precious. Uh, Ophelia, I think, is her name. Odessa. 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 Okay. Odessa. Yeah. Odessa. Going through my notes, yeah. She needs a husband because she's getting deported. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> that's right. And uh, and then we have the the girl who's studying to be a lawyer but won't admit that, even though everyone knows it. Yeah, yes. I like that. Y- Yovenko. Yovenko. Uh, she also, for you 30 Rock fans, this is the actress who plays Pizzerina Sabaro, <laughs> um, the, the heiress to the Sabaro fortune in 30 Rock. Uh, <laughs> good call on that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I knew I recognized her from something. I, I, I like this character. She only has a really brief part in the movie, like come and goes. Yeah. Kind of really here, maybe one other quick scene just like in the background and then towards the end and we'll tell you why. But I really like the setup because, yeah, as Mike noted, she's studying for the bar exam and she's doing her job. But, you know, Ben Stiller's like, you know, I know you're studying. She's like, I have no idea what yeah. you're talking about. Look, you can use my office. Like, I know you have a test coming. She's like, I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> and it just highlights his personality. It's very clear to me. And, uh, you know, watching this movie, I think anyone would make the same guess that you don't really know this woman. But now, because Ben Stiller's letting her do this, you understand that she's probably really good at her job. Right. And because she's trying to do this side, I'm trying to better my life hustle, Ben Stiller will bend over backwards. Like, this woman's doing her job. This is really shitty that, you know, when are you going to study for school when you've got a 40-plus hour, you know, work week? And probably even more, as he noted, because, you know, you're catering to these people's needs at all points in time. But yeah, I mean, he, he's like, yeah, just keep studying. So yeah, he's super nice. Like he's trying to help everyone that he works with. He likes everyone. The only reason he's really a standoffish with Enrique at first is, is he notes, like he's coming from Burger King and these people are like really knowledgeable about the city, knowledgeable about food, clothes, fashion, tickets. Like you've got to know like everything to, uh, to do this. So it's not belittling to Enrique. Um, but yeah, he again, he's he's pressured. But I, I'm yeah. glad he is. I think that first standoff was, and I have a quick note about that too. That's pretty funny. Was um he, even though he's relaxed and he's buddy buddy with his crew, he does follow a strict guideline, a strict set of rules. And the way he's actually in, introduced to Enrique is there's a here's a vibration. He's like, what's vibrating? Oh, right. What's going on? What's vibrating? And I wrote down, he sniffs out a vibrator from a Puerto Rican. <laughs> you, don't, you, don't want, you don't want that as an isolated <laughs> sentence. That's, no. that's not what you want to your name. He looks around and Enrique has the phone in his uh, pocket. And that's how they mm-hmm. initially meet. <laughs> I just thought that was cool. <laughs> so he's relaxed and cool, but you got to follow the rules. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm writing all of that down, Lamar, and I'm quoting. <laughs> yeah, great. All right. Let's see how far that goes. <laughs> Um, I think the next consequential thing that happens is Judd Hirsch. They're talking about Matthew Broderick's um, or Mr. Fitzhugh's eviction. And he, he sends Ben Stiller up to talk to him. Yeah. And that highlights, too, that he's being nice. Uh, Mr. Fitzhugh is like, I can't. Like, I'm married. I My, life, well, my wife is leaving me already. There's kids. There's Where are we going to stay? And Ben Stiller likes him and says... You know, they're going to come and kick you out tomorrow, but I think there's going to be some elevator repairs, so I'm sure they don't want to walk all the way to the top, so that probably gives you a few days, uh, which I thought was just a really nice thing. Yeah. Um, and the big thing uh, to note about Matthew Broderick is how crappy, I mean, like, this guy's been staying there for years, he's like one of their top clients, 
He's fallen on hard times and they're immediately like, get him the hell out of here. Like, we don't want this. This isn't good for business. But Ben Stiller, you know, he's trying to be human about this. And he's like, I could buy you a little bit of time. And Matthew Broderick is like, I will take it, um, which is nice. Um, it just highlights that Ben Stiller is a nice dude and he's willing to help people who are nice to him. Also highlights uh, the asshole Judd Hirsch, his character, Mr. Forget his name. Uh, Simon, is that right? I don't remember. I think it's Mr. Simon. It's Mr. Simon. Yeah. He's a hard ass. And I think some of that rule set that uh, Ben Stiller's character has comes from Mr. Simon. Like, the clientele doesn't like vibrations. Make sure everything is right. Ben Stiller just has to follow these rules. Well, think about both of their backgrounds. I mean, Ben Stiller has been working at an enchanted museum that comes to life for the last several years. (laughs) And that's a lot of work. So he knows, you know, about schedules and how to keep people safe. Judd Hirsch has been driving cabs across the same bridge all of his life. Uh, he's been working with this guy, 60 Tony. Years. And yeah, for 60 years, he's just been dealing with some grime and, you know, just people mouthing off. And, you know, so that's where he's coming from. Yeah, you didn't think I was going to go there, but welcome to the multiverse. Yeah. <laughs> it's, all, it's all happening somewhere. It's a crazy verse. It is. Well, so, okay, now we're fast forward to the next morning. Um, Ben Stiller's kind of getting his day started and when he's walking into the building he sees uh, Mr. Shaw's car sitting outside yeah and he says uh, like uh, like, it's weird that his car is still here yeah there's no tickets no one moved this away then a bunch of people come out of a car with guns well guns in their holsters I should say right and he's thinking like oh shit we're getting robbed so he, he goes into like what was it like threat level midnight or whatever <laughs> code, code, code black. black code black yeah um, <laughs> he, he goes into code black um, has everyone pull up the cameras but they can't find these guys but then they see in like whatever the loading dock they see them loading Shaw into like a laundry van yeah so yeah he thinks it's a kidnapping so he he goes he goes into full code black. And fucking chases this thing through Manhattan. Yeah, so they bust out of the security gate, like that meshed wire gate. They bust through that. Uh, The cars, this van is flying through. Josh is just running down streets, like screaming, like, go, go, they're kidnapping him. Like, someone stop them. Like, oh, my God. Um, And then we see Tia Leone, who clotheslines him. (laughs) (laughs) I I love Tia Leone. Um, Absolutely. I, I, when my, so my wife is a big Madam Secretary fan and I watched it here and there, like I'd be in the room and every time I saw her, I was like, I love Tia Leone. And I know this is a super bit part. I know, uh, Colin, I don't know where you're at on this show, uh, but I know for a fact Lamar and Mike have seen it. One of my favorite ever, uh, Tia Leone, uh, cameos is her playing Agent Scully in the X-Files movie. (laughs) Yes. So if you haven't seen it, listeners, there's an X-Files episode where they're making an X-Files movie about one of the X-Files cases, and Mulder and Scully go to investigate because some weird stuff's happening. But you see throughout the episode, and eventually the movie that's made, uh, that the person playing Agent Scully is Tia Leone, and at the time was married to David Duchovny, or they're dating. But she plays like the most Hollywood version like we gotta get down to it baby like kind of like that role where clearly like Dana Scully is the most like calculated calm and like like soft but strong spoken person in that show um, 
Yeah, that that was nuts. I also <laughs> want to note that uh, another Ben Stiller movie that has Tia Leone is flirting with disaster, and I'd do that movie mm. for this podcast anytime. Do you remember who played Mulder in that movie? I do, I was just trying to think. I do not. <laughs> Gary Shandling. Oh, my God. <laughs> that that's right. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that, that's a good episode, by the way. Thinking of, I know that now we're just taking weird tangents. Thinking of weird cameos on X Files, one of my favorite was always because it was everyone was telling different versions of a story, and it was Luke Wilson's character, and <laughs> he's supposed to be this like very good-looking sheriff of a small town, and that's when Dana oh, tells the story. Yes. Mm-hmm. But when Mulder tells the story, he is like a toothless hick. He's like, hey, oh, yeah. oh there's some, there's oh, some I love that episode. <laughs> yeah, oh my, yeah, good stuff. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's also a good episode. That's like that's the vampire one, isn't it? I think so. Yes. Yeah, We're, like the the kid from Salute My Shorts yep. is in it. <laughs> oh, it was wasn't it? Uh, it was uh, the big green and uh, Sandlot. I think no, that's right. Yeah, yeah it's, and, it, that, and that's he stabs the kid. him. Yeah, he's yeah. like he's delivering the pizza. Yeah. Here, here's a hard turn back to this movie. This movie okay. is here. Know what movies we should never do for this podcast? Any of the X Files movies. <laughs> That's yes. correct. Sure. The, those yes. movies are terrible uh, and just the most boring things. I, 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 I don't. I, I don't I, hate the first one, but I mean, it's, it's just so weird that there's two movies based on a really fun show, and in both movies, almost nothing fun happens. <laughs> it's just like yeah. very bizarre. Well, the first one was just like it bridges the gap between two of the seasons of the show, and then the second movie is ridiculous. Yes. And one day, listeners, we'll tell you how me, Lamar, and Mike all saw that movie for free one day. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> no. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, b- back to Where this Ben Stiller Oh, yeah, stuff. so he just got clotheslined by Taya Leone. Yeah, Taya Leone uh, knocks him to the floor, and Ben Stiller is is just there. Yeah, he's like, what are you doing? He, I was. They're kidnapping him. And at this point, uh, like, like a cop car is corralled this van or whatever she's like no no dummy they're he's fleeing yeah so we find out that mr shaw was in charge of all of these pensions for their company amongst other things so here's the really crappy thing like 20 million dollars in pensions was his smallest thing that he was working on and that was for everyone at the hotel or i'm sorry everyone at this uh like tower yeah tower Tower. (laughs) like he's he's like a big shot hedge fund manager yeah and amongst things uh it was everyone who was working there he was in charge of their pensions and he's being charged of stealing all of this money all of his clients money from everyone it was just millions and millions of dollars and uh that's kind of where we're at uh tia leone is an fbi agent and she is now putting him under house arrest. Uh, yeah, he we, was released on $10 million bail. Yeah, and we find out he has this sweet place that he's living in. Again, he's in a penthouse. Uh, his cherished item is Steve McQueen's car, which was built piece by piece, rebuilt into his penthouse uh, palace. Uh, his place looks super awesome. <laughs> this amazing view. You have Steve McQueen's Ferrari parked in your living room. And here I thought you were just an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, as soon as there was, we saw the penthouse and the, the red car mm-hmm. and Matthew Broderick was in the movie, I was like, ah, this is only one way this is going to go. Yeah. Uh, we also see, uh, there was another instance of this, but it's so fast. Uh, I'll just put it all together. There's been a couple instances where we've seen Eddie Murphy's character. His name is Slide. He was doing some weird stuff earlier. Ben Stiller walked past him. This yep. time, Ben Stiller's walking past him and he's getting arrested. Yeah, they always run into each other, like, either in the morning or in the evening. Yeah. And every time they run into each other, Sly's always yelling at mm-hmm. some bitch or yelling <laughs> at someone or getting arrested in this case. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and then we see this really heartbreaking scene of the night before we saw Lester. He's the doorman and he's the one who told Ben Stiller, you know, I'm going to retire. And now he finds out that he's probably has no retirement fund. And this is like really sad for me. This guy has been like a doorman. It was said here for like, honestly, like 50 years. Uh, and he's worked overtime. He's worked extra shifts. He was super happy to retire with his wife. And now you see that. He's just at like a, the train stop and he's about to throw himself in front of a train and he moves closer to it and the train comes and the scene just cuts um, and you really don't know what's happening. But uh, he's at the hospital and Josh, who has been stiller, gets a phone call uh, and goes over there. Yeah, and he, he's explaining, like in addition to his um, his pension, which is now gone because of, yeah, of his, what Shaw his, did. His, pen, his pension alone was seventy three thousand well, dollars. In addition to his pension, oh, he, he gave Shaw right. all of his this all of his money, which equated to seventy thousand dollars, to invest aside from that. So not only is his pension gone, but literally every single cent of his savings are gone because of this one person. So I mean, I'm not going to spoil it to you. I feel as a viewer, you are very kind of much in the know pretty much at this time that Alan Alda's Alda, character, Mr. Shaw, is a, not a good guy. Um, there is going to be debate a little bit. Uh, but what's crazy is Alan Alda is such a good actor. Uh, and I think everyone, you know, comes from this, like, background of MASH. I would imagine that's going to be the biggest thing. And he's such a good character on there to cast such a well-known, kind-faced, kind-spoken person and have him be this shitbag was like kind of a stroke of genius. So I yeah. think the casting is spot on because I, I mean, I, for the life of me, there are so many bad people in this world. I want to go on some weird rant. There's so many bad people in this world who do like weird stuff, but I cannot imagine that you would do this to people face to face. There's one thing when like people rob you over the internet because I think like they don't know who you are. There's, you know, you're shielded with your anonymity. But, like, to take money from someone's hand and just be like, I know I'm stealing this money from... like I, And you're not doing this against a corporation. You're doing this against the doorman of your building. Like, I can't imagine. I can't imagine. Yeah. There Bernie was... Madoff literally did that. <laughs> just yeah. that. Well, I mean, There's evil men that were walked this earth. That's that, clearly who this person is yeah, supposed and to the, make you think of. And Alan, all those credit, he... I don't know. He kind of looks like an old hedge manager yeah. that will rob you. <laughs> but he's a like a you can trust him, but he can pull off that look. I mean, if you look at hedge managers have done this before, they kind of have that look about him. Mm-hmm. Colin, did you have anything for yeah, that? Well, yeah, I mean, part of it. So uh, they're gonna go confront him, um, and he's you know as as they're kind of uh, as they confront him, he maintains his innocence, and part of me. You know, he's, he's such a strong actor. Part of me is like, man, maybe, you know, maybe that's going to be the twist is that, you know, he really is a good guy and someone else is the villain. Yeah. They haven't introduced him yet. And I was like, maybe he's the good guy. And, and so I have to keep my own hand on my money. I, yeah. I, <laughs> I obviously can't trust it to anyone else. I thought the same thing, Colin. Uh, I, I totally was like, I don't remember how all of this played out uh, again, 10 plus years ago. But thinking about this, I was like, is there like another mini twist? Is something else happening? Maybe he didn't know something. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it, like pretty soon after you just know he's a bad guy. Yeah. Well, uh, Ben Affleck, um, has a run in with ben Stiller. Yeah. Sorry. Ben, oh, man. <laughs> and we, but we have Casey Affleck. So. Yeah. Yeah. That, okay. Mm-hmm. My notes are getting crossed. Yes. Uh, Stiller 
what's his name? Josh. Josh, yeah. Josh runs into Mr. Fitzhugh in the lobby as Mr. Fitzhugh is getting escorted out of the building. Um, and he says, hey, you, you were a finance guy. Like, how long ago did Shaw know that he was fucked? Like, has this been going on for a while? Trying to get to the bottom of, like, did he take the door guy's money in good faith or in bad faith? And Mr. Fitzhugh is like, oh, he, this is, he, he's known for, like, a year plus that this was all going down. So th- this, now Ben Stiller's like, okay, this motherfucker, like, maybe he took our money in good faith and he was trying to help and things went bad. But, like... He took the door guy's money knowing that it was all, that he was just, he just needed the cash. Yeah, which is totally terrible. Like, I I just, yeah, I mean, yeah. can you just even imagine any of you just taking, like, the rant? Like, I always feel like the Robin Hooding of corporations, especially when people are doing, like, really shady stuff, that's one thing, but... I, I just, I cannot for the life of me imagine doing any of this. Yeah. Well, and as retaliation, he goes up to, to pay Shaw a visit, confronts him about it. You know, Shaw's still trying to be charming. Um, Josh isn't buying it, and he goes to fucking town on that poor Ferrari with a golf club. Yeah. But he, only the glass. He's only hitting glass. Yeah, which is a key, key note to yeah. highlight in this, that he... He just goes crazy. And I think that's, like, for me, the c- confirming moment. Like, did anyone else think, like, Ellen Alda is innocent once, like, Ben Stiller lost his mind on that car? No, yeah. I've been into Ellen Alda right away. Because um, when uh, Taylor Leone was arresting him before, he said something snide to, uh, um, um, to, to Josh, Josh yeah. while he was being arrested. And it felt like... It's like, I, mean, I know I'm being arrested. I know it's all going yeah. down. Hey, you just water my plants for me. Make sure the place looks nice. Mm-hmm. Blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, I'm going to get away with this. It felt like he was just trying to get away with all of this. Man, Alan Alda also has these terrible digs at everyone throughout this movie. He's a dick. Oh, my God. Yeah, he, yeah absolutely. Like, like he, As his guilt starts to get more cemented, yeah, he, he starts digging in. Yeah, I'm like, oh my god. Like, so yeah, the biggest thing for me uh, in this movie, like some takeaways, I like, as I said, the balance between like some seriousness and the comedy. I really think it meshes well. In addition, just Alan Alda super sells it because Alan Alda is totally like this corporate dude who stole money that we've seen a million times in the news and then just starts like talking trash. Who is, uh, who is Pharma Bro? Scarelli? Oh, Remember yeah, that guy yeah. was like mouthing off to judges and stuff. I'm like, oh my mm-hmm. god! And then it was like, oh, tax evasion and stealing money, like a surprise. I'm like, why are you mouthing off in addition to all this? Like, oh my god, <laughs> weird hubris. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know what's going on, but this guy, Alan Alda, has it. And again, you know, he's so. I think I, if I if I close my eyes and I'm in a silent room, I could hear Alan Alda's voice. He has a very recognizable voice for Definitely. me. Definitely. Um, and it's it's of kindness, like he's just like an you know, like an award winning actor. I'm like, ah, you're a terrible person here. So, well done. <laughs> but yeah, he's doing a great job of it. It's a testament to him being a great actor. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, so while the window breaking is happening, uh, Casey Affleck and Michael Pena are are in the room with him. Can you feel the Pena? Oh, oh yeah. Yes. They all met up in the elevator. Yeah, yeah. So they all they all go up there. Crew is all here. But the result of this is that Judd Hirsch fires all three of them for this. And again, Ben Stiller, very nice and respectable guy. He's like, whoa, whoa, this is all me. Do not fire them. And Casey Affleck, who is married to Ben Stiller's sister, 
He's like, I'm about to have a baby on the way, which is true. He's like, I need this money. And Ben Stiller says again, you know, this is all me. They didn't know I was going to do this. Do not fire them. It was me, me, me. And he's like, no, you're all three fired, um, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. I don't, I, like, I don't really know why he fired all three of them. Well, I mean, he he insinuated earlier that Charlie was a fuck up. Yeah. And Michael Pena is... He just got there. He he's just the got guy, there. Yeah. yeah. So he can he can make it look like he's cleaning house without a really investing a whole lot yeah makes sense yeah. that and he's a dick yeah, yeah. and yeah. he sucks this whole time he does, he does yeah, and he's under house arrest <laughs> oh mr shaw sucks, yeah oh yeah but judd hirsch are you, are you saying he's a dick as well oh yes. yeah yeah they're all dicks yeah all the bosses are dicks welcome to the tower mm-hmm. the dick tower <laughs> yikes um i don't want to go to that tower i, I don't remember <laughs> why but josh seems to think he has some kind of Something that'll help Taya Leone in her, in her case. Yeah, he it tries is, to it, meet her at a bar. It's just like on the surface stuff. Yeah, so it he, doesn't matter. He calls mm-hmm. Taya Leone. He's like, "Listen, I, you know, I have got to get back all of this money." Oh, by the way, he tells the staff like everyone, all the employees are pissed off, and they're like, "Who? Why was our money invested with him? Who did this?" And he's like, "I, I made the decision that he would do this," and they're like, "We didn't authorize that." And he's like. He's one of the best people like in the business. Yeah. I mean, that sucks. I honestly, I don't think that was a bad, I mean, honestly it is a bad move now, but I mean, if one of the most successful man, hedge hedge fund managers in the world is willing to do this for you, like, yeah, you do it. Yeah. Like Ben Stiller again is looking out for everyone and it's never just like self-motivated. So that, yeah, it speaks volumes of them, but yeah. So Tia Leone comes in, who's Claire, uh, FBI again. And, He's like, I have all these meetup times. I know his travel itinerary. I know who we met. And she's like, yeah. Yeah, yeah dummy. I know. We all know this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's We're like, the FBI. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, man, the, some of the writing is just so good for me in this movie. Yeah. So she's like, listen, like, we have all of this. You're totally fired. I don't know if there's going to be, like, criminal charges put against you. So, like, you're still in trouble. But you know what? Everyone at the agency... They totally love you. So, like, <laughs> we watch those videos of you just beating the shit out of that car. Oh, my God. Like, everyone's like, we wish we could have done that. So, you want to get drunk? <laughs> and, <laughs> and they, they do. do. Yeah. And there's maybe some chemistry. Yeah, they do. Uh, uh, they're clearly flirting here and there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she she has a point. She's like, you play it too safe and you're kind of a weenie. Uh, but you're kind of fun when you're drunk. And you kind of see this. And he's really defensive. He's like, I'm not playing it safe. He's like, you know, I do all these things because I'm trying to better my life. And you do see the distinction that I don't feel this guy was playing it safe. I mean, this guy's working his ass off all the time. Uh, It's just, I think, dedication. But you could just tell, like, he's been playing by the rules in a world where they're not. So he's like, screw this. And I I think everyone in this room relates to that. Oh, definitely. (laughs) I mean, we're... Again, kind of going back to the first scene where we see the the differences between the two of these guys' mornings. Like, he thinks they're they're both playing by the rules. Josh thinks they're both playing the same game, but they're one hundred percent not correct. And that that's kind of what he's starting to realize that like, it's there. It's two different sports happening here, and he he needs to kind of adjust mm. his his mindset if he wants to be if you, if you're going to be successful in that world. Like, you can't think like he does. Which is sad. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I, like, like all that. And that's, again, why I like this movie. That balance of, like, hard life lessons and comedy. I mean, the comedy is real. I mean, some of the stuff that happens in this movie is bananas. Yeah. It is. I like this scene because um, 
she's getting drunk, it feels like, but it also feels like she's trying to play him. Did anybody else get that feeling? Kind yeah, of, like, uh, like, like, so yeah, Lamar, I totally agree with you that there was a thought in my head that Tia Leone is like, I have the inside scoop and I want out of the FBI, so maybe we could all do something. Like, maybe there was a, I'm going to plant a seed so maybe yeah. I could get in on it. Or maybe you know more than like other things. Yeah, I do mm-hmm. feel there was like ulterior motives yeah. to why they were there, but apparently not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I bought into it, which Me is too. great writing. I yeah. mean, it, it's a testament to Taya Leone's acting. It, I totally thought that this might be a ploy because she kind of opens up that, you know, I, I could really rob this place if there's a ball in there. You just roll up right up to the front and just go to town or something like that. I can't remember what she said exactly, but it yeah, kind of insinuated storm, that. Like storm the fortress. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But she said it drunkenly to him, and I'm not really sure that she's drunk in this scene or not. Yeah, she, but, like, yeah. is she planting seeds? Is she, what's she trying to do? Well, she spilled that, uh, like, that he still had, like, that the, what something like he still was estimated to have $20 million or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Is that here? Yeah, she's like, he, he uh, like, liquidated his accounts and we just like can't account for $20 million. So he must have that in cash somewhere, but who knows? Right. And so Ben Stiller's kind of, he's got this in his mind. And the next morning, he kind he's not supposed to go back into the tower, but he kind of weasels his way back in to just to get something from his office one last time. And he takes a notebook that has like some drawings and I, I don't remember what was in there. But it leads him to believe that there's a, a hidden safe in Shaw's apartment. Yeah. Shaw got his whole place remodeled about a year ago. And he said, but this wall wasn't there. Later, this is confirmed with Matthew Broderick. He said, oh, we also remodeled our place, but we got rid of that wall. Because they're like, oh, maybe it's load-bearing. And they're like, no, you don't need that wall, but that's the one thing he kept. And it's painted over. Like, it's, you know, like, you know, it's like drywall and all this stuff over. So it's not just, like, open. And uh, Josh immediately thinks, he's got a safe in there. That's where he kept it. Like, if if they don't know where, like, physical money is and they searched his place and they searched all of his places, that wall, I guarantee you, has it. So he comes up with a plan. And now it's time to assemble the crew. Yeah. What a a crew. Now we have the... (laughs) There we go. This is the, you son of a bitch, I'm in montage. Um, Love it when a heist crew comes together. Absolutely. Michael Pena... Immediately in because yeah. he, he's working at like Blimpies or Shake something. Shack. Shake Shack, that's and, right. And it's well, it's, it's so it's also noted that he has a background in like electrical stuff. Oh yeah, he went to he went to the Devry Institute or something. Well, that's gonna be kind of questionable. Coming yeah. up. But so he has a background with electronics, mm-hmm. uh, which and I said electrical stuff because some of it's like in a duct and fans, and sometimes right. it's with computers. So it seems like all all sorts of stuff. Um, yeah, but he, he's in. But he's yo, he was in, at yeah. the Shake Shack. Yeah, Casey Affleck is working at like a a ball pit, like a Toys R Us yeah, or something. He's like Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it's like a My Little Pony Ferris wheel. <laughs> yeah, um, and he, he's he's not really super stoked about it, but he gets conned into it. Yeah. Um, Matthew Broderick was living in like some kind of shitty motel. Nah. Um, he's pretty in because yeah. really, what a, he's hit rock bottom. And we need someone who's really going to be a uh, part of it, and it's a. Uh, slide they need someone who knows how to who knows crime so uh he's like i know a guy yeah so the last time we saw eddie murphy slide he was uh being arrested and now we see uh josh bailing him out and uh what is it because 
you want to stimulate my nutsack? <laughs> okay, I also have stimulate my nutsack written down, and I wasn't sure why. Good yeah, right, he right. thinks he bailed him out for some weird sex things. Uh, oh, that's right. And, 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 and Josh says no. So this is, again, I feel the writing of this is really tight in areas. Because there's a part of me, I'm like, this is stupid as hell. You don't know any criminals. So th- you know what this reminds me of? It reminds me of office space. Yep. Like people are just coming to your door and they're like, so you know things about crime? The guy's like, I'm just trying to sell Vibe magazine <laughs> and Ebony. And he's like, oh, shit. Now I'm just like, I'm fine. Like, I don't know about crime. I just worked at, like, Innotech. And they're like, we did, too. <laughs> um, that's like, I thought this is how it's going down. Like, I don't know any criminals. But the guy I saw got arrested the other day. I'm going to go bail that guy out. He seems to know stuff about stuff. I'm like, are you kidding me? But it's not that. No. Uh, so after it's highlighted that Ben Stiller is not uh, in for sex play, uh slides like then why the hell are you doing this and he's like dude we've known each other since we're kids he's like what are you talking about he's like that woman that used to watch after us like as our parents went to work and he goes through all this stuff he's like what what was his backstory like he would like he was the little seizure boy like he'd have seizures but what is like seizures when kid would kids would take his candy or something. Yeah. I think they would like take his inhaler or something. Oh. There was some kind of like heinous kid shit that was. Yeah. Happening. And then Slide would come in and, you know, beat the shit out of him yeah. to be like, that's not right. That kid's freaking out and needs his inhaler. <laughs> and he's like, oh my God, that was you. And I was like, it is genius that that was what written in. Cause I really thought it was like, I don't know any criminals, but I know this guy. I'm like, no, you don't. But he does. Yeah, I was right. like, oh my God. <laughs> personally. Yeah. And he's willing to help, apparently. Sort of. Oh, sort of. And then $20 That's million right. dollars is brought. He's like, I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> so then the, now we have training yeah. at the mall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the theft training. So yeah, um, Eddie Murphy's like, okay, you you fucking crackers. Um, you need to prove to me that you're hard enough to do this. So they're at the food court. He's like, each one of you has to go and steal $50 worth of crap from somewhere. Bring it back here. Then I'll then I'll know you're ready for this. Got fifteen minutes. Yeah, fifteen minutes. So, <laughs> any any like holds on to their wallets. He's like, you can't buy anything. Yeah. I yeah. need to make sure of this. He makes it real. Yeah, yeah. That was the stupidest idea. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what Ben Stiller steals like some expensive underwear and a candle. Yeah, from and the, the, it, the candle tips off. He's like, all this underwear is in fifty dollars, and he like takes out this huge candle. <laughs> right. Uh, Michael Payne has got like some Jordans, I think. All one shoes. I believe he just took one shoe. Yeah. yeah. Because it was the display model. So it'd be like all the left shoes. I like that one. That was <laughs> <Yeah>. smart. <laughs> the way he did it, just a quick swipe out of the shoe. Yeah. Charlie took a sweater. <laughs> just That's put right. it on yeah. and left that. <laughs> well, he, he cut off the, uh, the, the security tag. Oh, uh, yeah. And uh, so they're like, there we go. And he's like, all right. And they're like, well, you got to prove yourself too. He's like, I took all the money of your wallet. <laughs> yeah, I stole like. $250. Yeah, he's like, you're all a bunch of idiots. Like, why would you give me your wallet? So, uh, point proven. Yeah. <laughs> then we get <laughs> we get rooftop training and gives them all bobby pins. Apparently, he just locked them outside. He's like, here's bobby pin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got to lock, pick this lock. I'm going inside. Gonna What do you say? I'm going to have sex with Rita. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. He's going to have sex with someone. But he just leaves them up there. That's a quick scene, mm-hmm. which I like this movie with the, all these little flash scenes. It's not a long tr- training montage at all. No. They start going through all the staff, too. So as we're seeing, like, the, I don't know, how to be a rogue 101 uh, rooftop training, stealing from a mall, we also now see uh, them training how to get into the tower and the staff. 
And there's an attractive woman at one point in time, and it's she's a lesbian. And uh, it seems that Slide is uh, somewhat into what's happening. Charlie's like, oh, this is another lesbian. And I just have a comment, and he says, it's a gauntlet of lesbians. <laughs> and that, that is a quote from Charlie. I don't <laughs> seems to be out of context. I don't know, sure. why, I don't know why that's there. Um, yeah. And yeah. That scene could have been a minute. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, but 2011, Gauntlet of Lesbians. Yeah. yeah. It's no, it, it made sense, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, we get Teal Leone, who uh, gets wind that Josh, or Mr. Shaw, is going to walk. Uh, that the judge is just going to let him out. All of these things are going to happen. And uh, when she does this... Uh, he Josh needs to apologize for breaking up his car because if he doesn't, uh, he's going to sue him for all the damages to the car. Yeah, she she goes to visit him at home to tell yeah. him this news, which I, is kind of nice, right? I mean, so I mean, clearly there is a romantic thing happening a little bit. I mean, she clearly did not need to do this, but I think they like one another. She was, I mean, I would have done the same. I would have gone to someone's house, especially after being like. I paid for all of your drinks last night. I got you drunk. I was like, whoa, you're a hero. You broke that guy's car. I didn't think you were going to jail. Sorry. Yeah. Right. Um, okay, yeah. So he he does attempt to apologize. Yeah, they bring, Yeah, he goes back to the tower. Yeah, he goes, and he is allowed in to apologize. Yeah, he's allowed in. He, he does apologize. No, none of that was an apology. No, I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't really. And, and, and Shaw isn't buying it. Um, he's kind of being a dick. Well, yeah, Shaw just kind of lectures him about chess a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, the, that's, that's the twist. Lamar Lamar was noting earlier that their chess games, uh, there's there's a little uh, a little more to it. Yeah, I can't remember if he said a chess move. He's like, yeah, you got to do better than that. You got to take my something. Or yeah, like I, you got to use the Fabian strategy or whatever. <laughs> kind of like dumb chess thing. It's like uh, you got to sacrifice the queen. Yeah, you sacrifice, sacrifice the, the queen. queen, yeah. Um. But like, as far as we know, Alan Alda or Shaw has accepted his apology, his quote unquote apology. Yeah, yeah, it's good enough, I guess. Yeah, and, and, and so Tia Leone uh, to make him feel a little better. So there's clearly more going on. She's like, "Well, I got you a little gift, and this sucks. Uh, all the things you're going through, but it's the security video of him breaking up the car." Yeah, Aww. and he's like, "Are you serious?" She's like, "Ah, well, you might as well just see it too because yeah, it's well really worth it." <laughs> And then Josh asked her out on Saturday. Yeah. yeah. She says yes. Yeah. So Matthew Broderick really doesn't like this. Matthew Broderick has a great quote. Matthew Broderick's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're dating the FBI agent because we're trying to break in and steal money. I don't really want you getting comfortable with the law enforcement. And Josh is like, nah, nah, it's really cool. And Matthew Broderick, who is Mr. Fitzhugh, goes, I never saw an episode of Matlock when the criminal started banging Matlock. <laughs> and that is one of many gems by Matthew Broderick. Because mm -hmm. uh, every time he says something, I, as I said, I'd be a little alarmed or they're just big truth bombs. And no one really says anything about this. And... Now we learn also that if we're going to get into this safe, no one knows how to get into it, uh, but Odessa does. Yeah, so kind of Ocean's Eleven style, uh, Ben Stiller has the safe that he, for whatever reason, believes is. I don't know how he lands on what safe. I is think in it there. may be like the the hotel would have provided you. So like maybe he was okay. able to be like, if you want a safe installed, it's going to be it, yeah. it's going to be this from the hotel. So he well, he buys the safe. I mean, to, to backtrack a little bit, when he the, the day after he got fired, he went back. 
to his office. He pulled up the little notebook. In the notebook. Was it that, in the notebook? It was like where Shaw was going that day. And then the next scene was like him in front of a safe shop. So, okay. So yeah. presumably it was like he was there when safe when they bought the okay. safe. Th- that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he he has a copy of this safe, and Slide is like, "This is a really hot safe. Like I can't I can't get into this." Um, but yeah, Odessa was apparently her father back in Jamaica was a locksmith. Um, she probably knows. So well, now, yeah, she, now and, she's in the crew and she confirms that. Yeah, yeah. My dad taught me everything. I could pretty much get into any safe. Uh, just let me know. I read some of the trivia was they really hired a safe cracker. Um, and, uh, he was in on the, like the scenes to kind of choreograph and highlight like how you would have actually done it. That's kind of like, cool. Yeah. I was like, yeah. that's cool. I was but like, I would have had fun with that. The scene where she's walking slide through how to break into this thing, <laughs> which is highly sexual was apparently all ad-libbed by her. That's awesome. Uh-huh. Yeah. That was amazing. Yeah, that was pretty good. So we get a couple quick twists again in this movie. And twist one is Charlie gets rehired at the tower and says it directly to Josh. He's yeah. like... As jo- Josh's replacement, he is now the manager. And he says, you know, I'm married to your sister. We're about to have a kid. So let's call this whole thing off. I'm going to work there. And this is just going to be how it is. If you come in here at any point in time... I am going to call the police. Like, so you can't do this. Then twist two: Shaw is going to now walk. We've, this is confirmed. And now the court wants a really quick morning date. It's going to happen on Thanksgiving. And they're like, crap. Like they're like, we're going to do this early in the morning. The judges wants to meet them. It's going to be in and out. So it's not like all over the press. We're purposefully doing this on Thanksgiving. And it's noted, uh, Hey, Josh, this guy's going to press charges against you. So uh, right. there's going to be a problem. But Josh says, oh, it worked. We're on for Thanksgiving. And you don't really know what that means, but it will be told to you. Yes. <laughs> Pretty nice setup. It did work. Because <laughs> obviously you can't go to court on Thanksgiving. Then I think one of the best notes I have for this movie is I wrote, it's Thanksgiving Day. And then I didn't write anything. And then I wrote, Charles is in charge. Charles in charge of me. And then I wrote, what? And that's all. That's all I read. So, yeah. so you don't I know like what that, that means. Wrote that. Well, I just started writing the lyrics to Charles and Charles. <laughs> You're sure. probably writing that as he was giving a well, lame ass speech. Well, to he his just crew. got hired as the building manager, yeah. so now Charles is in charge. He is <laughs> of me. It, in contrast to Josh's speech at the beginning to his crew, which was inspiring. Charles is giving a lame-ass speech to his crew that's like, go get him, let's start the day. Well, you know, at the beginning, he was just the new boy in the neighborhood. He lived downstairs, and it was understood. Yeah. <laughs> he was he's, there, just to take good care for? of me. There you go. But, like he's one of the family. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, so we, we already got Slide already going rogue in all of this. Yeah, the double cross, we were all kind of... Let's be honest, expecting a little bit, it's happening. Well, I got a twist for you guys. When a group of hardworking guys find out that they've fallen victim to their wealthy employer's Ponzi scheme, they conspire to rob his high-rise residence. Oh, shit. Is that the movie we're watching? Yeah, now (laughs) we can start the podcast. Yeah, so an hour into it, uh, welcome to this podcast, uh, which highlights in the summary that this guy's a bad guy. Oh, shit. 
He's he doing a it. bad guy. Man, Marty uh, doing surveillance and they see him. He's going rogue, right? He's, yeah. He's, he's in. He's wearing he's in his, his fucking suit. suit. Yeah. He's in his suit. <laughs> They're panicking. It fits really. He looks good in that he suit. He does. He's wearing that. Yeah. It didn't look like it when he had the uh, jacket on, but when he gets inside and starts talking to Mr. Saw. Yeah. Yeah. He might, they must have had a tailor in the lobby or something. Well, well one thing. Or Mr. Know, Simon, I'm sorry. Is they also track down Charlie's wife, who's pregnant, and they steal her phone. Uh, they steal her phone to send Charlie a text message that she's going into labor. I like that little ploy. Yeah. yeah. They got to get him out of the building. Yeah. Because remember, he said he was in, but then he's out when he got the new job. And he said, if you know, you come uh, into the tower, I'm calling the police. So mm-hmm. they get him out of there. Yeah. And Enrique kind of do a little swipe at a subway. Mm-hmm. So far, kind of Enrique is living up to uh, the hype. He's, yeah. he's kind of doing all things. Yeah, he's he's the electrician. Up. He's the uh, sleight of hand guy. Yeah. Probably does some other stuff too, but yeah, he's called upon to do multiple things. But yeah, now they're ready. Yeah, so once Charlie leaves because he thinks he's having a baby, uh, Enrique, Josh, and Mister Fitzhugh go into the tower. And what was their cue? They go on Snoopy. Go on Snoopy. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah, the parade is happening now. Yeah. So yeah, he Josh knows that knows his uh, employee schedule. Snoopy mm-hmm. comes by. A bunch of guys run out and they open the door. And they're able to sneak on in as everyone's enjoying Snoops. Mm-hmm. I, I took it that Odessa is just wor- like she was just working the shift. Yeah, she was just there. Okay, yeah. she she wasn't fired, and they, no one knows that she's in on this. Yes, which is excellent. Yeah, got to have someone on the inside. Um, also on the inside, Slide is going. He he's like posing as a banker. I think he's posing as someone who's uh, responsible for refurbishing Fitzhugh's unit. Yeah, I, I didn't really get his exact role. It was a kind of like a real estate agent through the bank. Yeah. But he, but then it's weird because he offers uh, Judd Hirsch. Was it Mr. Simon? Yeah. That his name? yeah. He offers Mr. Simon. He's like, well, you know, when we find a new client for the place, there's a finder's fee. He's like, well, yeah. well. I'm I like, like some finder's fees. Right, but like, the bank wouldn't offer you that. The bank's not going to give you anything. <laughs> the bank's going to be like, you're going to get a free calendar. Yeah. You will well, get two pens. Well, I think they were they were remodeling it. And what he was implying was that if, if you help move this remodel along quickly so we can get this occupied, you know, we'll we'll throw a little something yeah maybe it wasn't a bank maybe it was like i'm like i am in charge of like this investment firm or something like that well also new york has the fucking weirdest real estate laws in the world um so like yeah like i am presently dealing with this right now and the amount of people that i have to talk to whose jobs i don't understand is crazy so that he just he could like be a, a like a a condo broker like there's there's a lot of middlemen in real estate in new york do you have real estate in new york Personally, no. Um, no but I'm, that he's want to talk about on there. Yeah, nothing. <laughs> I'm, I mean, for for work, I am building a building in New York. And Look at this guy's building a building. That's right. <laughs> nice. Is it a tower? It fucking. It is a tower. Cool. I'm gonna rob the fuck yeah. out of it. Yeah. Okay. yeah. You need a crew. You know where to get them. That's right. I I like Somewhere when else. when uh, well. So now they're cracking open the wall. Slides there, uh, and Slide pulls out a gun. Uh, he wants all of the money for himself, and he says, "I will blow your face clean off your fl- off your face." <laughs> and Odessa walks in and pulls out a gun of her own and puts that to a stop. They do open the safe, and surprise, there is no money in there whatsoever. Well, um, Odessa has the gun because she's she's trying to get into the unit by <laughs> oh, by, yeah. by bribing the guard with cake, but he's like, "No, I can't. I can't have cake. I'm allergic to it." And the cake was drugged, by the way. Uh, so when this doesn't work, she just beats the fuck out of him. 
and <laughs> takes his gun, and that works out later. So uh, he rams him with her car. She rams him with the car. Yeah. <laughs> in in the in uh, the the sequel with the Rock, Jumanji, uh, with Kevin Hart. Does mm-hmm. anyone remember Kevin Hart's weakness? Is it chocolate cake? It's cake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they go through like Very everyone's nice. stats, like you know, and like I think uh, the Rock has none, mm-hmm. and then uh, uh, I can't think of Gillian, uh, Karen. Yeah, Karen. Uh, her weakness is uh, like poison or venom from snakes. Mm-hmm. And then they go through and like everyone's and Kevin Hart's is just cake. And he's like, cake? Like that's my weakness, cake. I kind of low key love that movie. I love that movie, yeah, yeah. totally. Um and Odessa eats the cake after. You gotta eat she the cake. She eats the poison yeah. cake. <laughs> she was hungry. I didn't yeah. notice that. Well it looked really good. Yeah, wow. she, she knew. There was only, some of it had dusting with the poison. Yeah. And some of it didn't. It's, right. everything's fine. But yeah, there there's there's no money in it. Uh, yeah, they open the safe, there's nothing there. Oh, and so everyone goes uh, ape shit on the car again. I think something uh, shots fired. Odessa shoots, or a, a got a shot is fired off accidentally. Yeah, there's like a tussle. Yeah, I think and it hits the car. Yeah, yeah. sort sort of does this. Yeah, that's right. And it chips the car, and they're like, "Wait a minute! There's a bunch of gold under this." And uh, Matthew Broderick's character is basically a human calculator, and he calculates, "Well, if this is the gold, it's at least give or take forty million dollars in gold." So I, I like this movie a lot. This is where I started having problems with the movie, and I probably shouldn't have, but I did. Um, so he's like, you know, this car probably weighs two thousand pounds, which is probably what that car would have weighed if it wasn't made out of fucking gold. <laughs> but it probably would have been a lot heavier than two thousand pounds. I'm just guessing. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, I think they had they had an idea to like close out the movie. Oh, we'll just make the car out of gold, and yeah. then they they didn't really like. We need to end this movie before people start yeah. thinking about like, it. Let, wrap it up. We yeah. don't we don't have the math for this. Um, so kind of concurrently to this happening, um, Taya Leone and and Shaw they get to the courthouse. They knock on the door, and the guards like, dude, it's Thanksgiving. There's no one fucking here. That, and that's what I was saying earlier. I was like, why would anyone think this is actually happening? And I know they even said, you know, the judge wants this hush hush. We're doing mm-hmm. this early in the morning. I'm like, what? No. no. Like, there's yeah. there's no way. And the FBI, the FBI didn't <laughs> look yeah, into no this. One, they no just, one they figured went this down out. there. They took them all the way down there. So let me ask you this, because if, if this was explained, I missed it. Who changed the court date to Thanksgiving? Why was anyone under the impression that this was the case? I do not know. I don't know either. But like, it seems like uh, Josh planned it. Y- yeah, it, it is inferred that this was part of the plan. But I don't remember at any point in time anyone doing this. We must have missed that. Because I, I don't I think Josh it. has the juice to be rearranging <laughs> but, court dates. But, but just remember, Josh, when it's said, it's like, ah, remember, it's, oh, we're, we're on for Thanksgiving when he finds it. He's like, ah, good, it worked. And you don't know what right, it is. Exactly, but, but like, that's never We're explained. trying yeah. to find out what as it is. No, 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 yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I agree with Mike. Like, Josh knew, but I agree. I have no memory of how they changed the dates on this or if that was explained. Yeah, I... If it was, I missed it. Well, Tia Leone puts it together real quick. Yeah, and she's that, like, that, it's, and, something's fucky. And that is writing that I do like, because yeah. she immediately pretty much assumes it's Josh. Like, she, there is no real pretense throughout the rest of the movie. And she's like, Mr. Shaw, I think you're being robbed. And like, she just puts it together immediately, and she does confront Josh all throughout the rest of the movie. Like, I kind of knew it was you. And he doesn't hide it either. It's one of the reasons I like this movie. Like, everyone's kind of upfront about what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um 
Yeah, so now they're going to take the car out of this apartment window uh, through a series of cables and lower it into Mr. Fitz's building that is being remodeled. And then they're just going to go from there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're, they're kind of just shooting from the hip at this point, which I kind of like. So up, up on the roof, there's like, you know, big buildings have the window washing, like hoist or whatever. Yeah. And this is what they're going to use. And again, like, I don't, I highly suspect that one of these things wouldn't support the weight of a golden Ferrari, but you know, whatever suspension of disbelief. Mm. We're in golden time in the movie anyway. We're, we're hurrying up. Yeah. We're yeah. Not we, doing the math. We're not. Yeah, exactly. Um, so they use that to lower it. Like I, Aside from the fact that I don't think the scene is very realistic, I actually kind of liked it. I like everything yeah. with this scene because yeah. Matthew Broderick is amazing. Oh, yeah. He's freaking out. Like, <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's fun. See, he's on the lower apartment. And so their plan is we're going to lower this. And you're basically just going to like hook it with some rope and then like catch it. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> he's just very upfront about it. I know I don't like this and I do not want to do this. Yeah. It's a bad plan. <laughs> it's not a great plan, but it does work. Yeah. It gets you a dangling Broderick. Yeah. You get a dangling Broderick. Yep. And he is dangling off this car and you think Josh is going to come and save him. He's like, I'm going to work my way down. And Josh is trying to get down and Matthew Broderick is about to slip. And who's back in the mix? Charlie. Charlie's like, ah, man, I can't let you guys do this alone. I put it together. My wife's clearly not having a baby. And once I realized that, I knew you were robbing this place. Mm -hmm. But I like that Charlie's immediately back in. Um, Yeah. I mean, no matter what, it was the right thing to do to not have Matthew Broderick die. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He, regardless of what the next steps were, he, you know, he was helping. Uh, but they do get this car and do and do Fitzy's apartment. Um, were they apartments or did they own these things or were they renting them? So I think some of it was short term, but like half of it was like full on people owned it. Yeah. I, I I, yeah. Was, whatever. In Charlie's case, he was probably paying monthly. Well, yeah. I mean, if he's getting evicted. You know, he was either wait not wait not Charlie, that's Fitzy, or Fitz, Fitzy. Fitzy. yeah, um, Chase or I haven't written down as Chase. I think that's his name. Or they well, he, he had to own it because they was he was getting foreclosed on. Yeah, oh yeah, that's right. Okay, and they're fair. remodeling stuff. Like, you're not going to remodel a place you're just like there for a week. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's very, very um, true. Yeah, so it's in it's in his apartment. Um, now they're like, okay, well it's here. Now what the fuck are we going to do with it? Um, and. They decide to, to roll it down a hallway. To roll it down a hallway <laughs> and put it on top of an elevator. Yeah. So they call the elevator, and this is where uh, Michael Pena's Devry education is coming into play. He's like hacking the elevator system so that the the car stops below the door, so that they can kind of push the car on top of the elevator car. It's yeah. very. It's a very professional move. <laughs> <laughs> if you watch the movie, it makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> this hearing it, I don't know. It does, and somewhere, somewhere in this transaction, um, Josh finds in the glove box uh, a ledger. Yes, Mr. Shaw's ledger Mr. of Shaw's ledger all of, of his evil. nefarious deeds. Yeah. Um, so that'll that'll come into play in a little bit. But so they've got the car in the elevator now. Um, and this is where we have like the Scooby Doo, you know, Shaw and Tay Leone are in the elevator going up. They're they're riding on top of it. There's a dog with them for some reason. <laughs> um, 
help me out with this guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's yeah. what's happening. So, and it's also a little bit of smoke and mirrors. So all of a sudden you see that there's a truck in the garage and Tia Leone sees the security camera. They're like, oh my God, they've loaded up the truck oh, yeah. or the car. And Lester is driving it and he does, you know, hits the gas and goes flying out, flips this thing and the FBI swarms him, but the truck is empty. And he's like, ah, right. oh, I was just trying to kill myself yeah, again. Like, you I know? was trying to do a death by cop. If you remember from last like the beginning of the movie i tried to do this before yeah so he's like you know i'm just really depressed all my money's gone so that's the story i'm sticking to we're just Mm -hmm. joking around with it now but it's lester he's he's fun i I do have a note that i forgot when uh eddie murphy was trying to work his way into the tower he locked a judd hirsch in a closet and just cranked the music judd hirsch has been here the whole time (laughs) that's that's correct he's like please open the door please anyone (laughs) thanksgiving's on a thursday He's going to be there till like Monday. Yeah, totally. No one's going to find him. Yeah. And then the tower, the doors are such high quality. You can't just knock them down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I also like this, that Tia Leone is like, okay. She basically puts all of this together in her head. Again, there is no pretense. There is no like massive mystery. Like these guys tried to steal the car. No one's really telling her that they didn't. They're not saying yes directly. And she understands that. So she's like, listen, I pretty much know what's happening. But you then see everyone get arrested one by one, which I'm assuming is pretty much like within the night to next day when they eventually go for Ben Stiller. He's just walking in the park and they arrest him. And he's like, hey, like I still had plans that, you know, we're going to go on a date. You could call all these places. You know, I have all these reservations. She's like, I believe you. And they bring everyone down to the station for some questioning. They do. Um, this is the biggest gap for me. Uh, so... They're like, okay, here's the situation. You're all going to jail. So even though this guy is a huge scumbag and he is going to get arrested uh, yet again, uh, we're going to do this. Uh, Shaw got arrested again because he had a secret safe in his apartment and it was a violation of his probation. And it's a technicality, but they're like, ah, you forfeited that like $10 million. So you're going back and we're going to rearrest you. And he's like, I'm going to get out of this again. But... The angle uh, Ben Stiller's trying to play, as Mike just recently noted, is he found this ledger in this, the glove box of the car, and it does highlight all of these terrible things that he's done. So he's like, I'm going to give you this. I have a lawyer, but we're all going to walk. And the, the plea deal is this. Everyone else will walk, but Ben Stiller's going to have to do some time. It's his you know, first time doing anything. He'll probably get a couple years in prison. Like That's just what's going to happen. But here's my question. Wouldn't the FBI be like, where's the car now? Anyone? Very true. Uh, th- they never really mentioned that. Unless yeah. They, yeah. So the car is gone and the FBI is aware of this, but you would think the plea would be, give me the ledger and tell me where the car is. Right. But no one ever asked for the car ever again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the plea is taken. We are, we are under the impression that that is exactly what happens. And, we now find out that the car was brought up to a pool on the rooftop and they submerged it in water and just hit it up there. And what everyone does uh, that we see kind of at the end of the movie is they piecemeal this car out and everyone gets a gold huge piece sent to them in the mail because their money was stolen. And basically no one, all the employees get a piece, including Lester, including Odessa and other employees that we saw. Uh, the, the lawyer that helps Ben Stiller at the end is the woman in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Clearly, she is past her bar and is now the lawyer. 
Uh, they only said I think you've had your like you passed your bar days ago or something. I don't know weeks. Yeah, yeah it was like, it was like three days. Yeah. yeah, just just recently. Yeah, but everyone gets these gold car parts, so everyone's just you know on the hush hush with what's happening. I really like the end of this. So you see Mr. Shaw go to prison. And he's like looking around, and as soon as they open the gates, everyone's screaming at him. They know what this guy's done. He's stolen all this money. They're going to do terrible things to him in this prison. But then you see Josh, and Josh just smiles. Mm-hmm. He's in, I, I would assume, a different prison. And you could just tell he's thinking about things, and you could tell he wouldn't change a thing. He smiles, and it's the end of the movie. Um, I, I, I like it. I like the end of the movie. I did read in the trivia that Eddie Murphy was supposed to have an extension. He asked for, I think, $500,000, and they're like, mm, we don't need it yeah, that much. <laughs> so, I, yeah. I don't think they would have sent Shaw to that prison. He probably would have gone to some like white-collar. Maybe. Well, I just remember, like in theory, if he actually has now $0, um, yeah, and they could prove that, like he might not be going there anymore. Like if they, Yeah, who knows what was in that ledger. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. True. It, it seems kind of like I mean not to overthink it, which mm-hmm. I'm totally gonna do. No, let's do it. Is uh, so he just presents this ledger, but like you know, there's there's no reason why Shaw, who is an incredible attorney, can be like, yeah, none of that's that's all made up. Right. Like who you know, there's no real thing that like necessarily ties him to it, or uh, maybe it's like you know, fruit from the poisonous tree right. through some custody. Well, issue. Where do you find this? Oh, it was in the glove box of his car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, house. So just yeah. I would also assume there wasn't like a too terrible much stuff in his place. So like, you think when they were doing the searching, someone would have opened the glove box or the engine or any right. of that stuff? Yeah, I mean yeah. they were or the hood of the car. I mean. They were selling his art and shit. Like they were liquidating his assets. And th- yeah. th- I this is my biggest problem with this movie. Like I like this movie a lot, but the the car is my biggest issue. Like. Because because yeah. they, they show them like tearing the place apart, getting rid of his artwork, selling everything of value. The a Ferrari two fifty GTO is one of the rarest, most expensive cars on the planet. The last one that sold at auction sold for eighty five million dollars. Like the FBI would have clearly done everything in the world to get this car out and sell it. Yeah, like something should have been written off, and maybe that's what they wanted to do with Eddie Murphy. Like yeah, like, maybe he's like like they thought like hey dude. You know, you you are a criminal, and they'll look after you. But like, we'll give you like an extra car piece, and that's your payment. Like, right. you take the blame for taking the car, but like, get out of town. And then the FBI would have been like, "Well, the, we now need to look for this guy." And then clearly, everyone just like hides him. But it just, I, I I can't believe like no one mentions the car at the end, which is crazy. Well, I mean, not even mentioning the car at the end, just the fact that the FBI left the car there, like. They're like, where's all this money? Like, I don't know. Here's a hundred million dollar car. I'm like, well, that's that's probably fine. It wasn't in that truck. Case closed. Which is like, they would have, the FBI would have sold the car. Wait, you, what first you, thing they would have done. How much did you say that, that that kind of car was worth? The last one that sold at auction went for $85 million. So it was worth more as yeah. a car Correct. than it is as a gold version of the car? Uh, uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> well, and that's the thing, like... I think that again, that car would have weighed more if it was made out of gold. Sure. Yeah. 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 Like that car is probably worth more as a car than it is as a gold car. Yeah. Yeah. And Steve McQueen's car. And it was yeah, <laughs> so even more. Exactly. Like the fact that it was Steve McQueen's, like, if that's even a real thing, like probably more <laughs> than that. Like that is literally the most expensive car on the planet. I say we dig up Steve McQueen's bones and then put gold around them. Okay. I'm out. And sell them. 
What about if I could promise you John Larroquette's spine? <laughs> if you can only promise that to me, I'll take it. Uh, Lamar, I'm one skull away from a Mouseketeer reunion. <laughs> All Futurama quotes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, before we go into our, our final uh, synopsis of this, our final reviews, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, as always, hit us up at rabbittroopsuckspodcast at gmail.com. Go to our website proper, rabbittroopsucks.com. Hit us up. Uh, let us know if you want to hear anything in uh, the upcoming year. Uh, remember, Black Friday. Black Friday sale. <laughs> <laughs> Woo-hoo. Uh, go get some shirts. Uh, there's an awesome Christmas one. Um, uh, let's see if you guys could remember what the throwback is to. Uh, so, yeah. And uh, enjoy those Christmas shirts and the other shirts. And hit us up. Instagram, Facebook, you know. Uh, and whatever platform you're listening to, thank you for listening to that platform. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're listening on Google, it's all going to go to YouTube. So make that jump. Uh, get ready for that. Uh, you should be getting emails, not from us, but from them. Um, yeah, so how did everyone like Tower Heist on this Black Friday day after Christmas heist itself? I'll go for it. Uh I don't have much to say. This okay. is a great movie. <laughs> so yeah. I'm just going to get this out of the way. Great movie. <laughs> great chemistry. <laughs> great cast. No scene outstays its welcome. You're watching this thing for an hour and 40 minutes. It's yeah, good time just, on this movie. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, they probably could have shortened it to an hour 30. I think there's like 10 minutes of banter throughout this movie that it just adds to the flavor makes it a little more spicy. Mm-hmm. I don't know why this movie hasn't transcended the blockbuster. It feels like this movie should be bigger than it is. Like you mentioned before, Paul, don't know why it's not mentioned much more in especially heist movies. I think it would fit in right well there. I don't know why it's just not talked about like Ocean's Eleven. kind of feels like that, but doesn't doesn't get its due it should it's a great movie i loved it colin what did you think of this yeah i mean i I really loved the dialogue i loved all of the acting the scenes were great um it was a kind of a fun heist maybe a little rushed at the end but i loved all of the character development all the characters are great um yeah i liked it a lot more than uh than i thought that i would so i'm really excited to forget about it over the next 10 years (laughs) and revisit it anew that's fair um, yeah, I, s- same thing. I mean, I like, uh, uh, sad to hear that Brett Ratner is apparently a butthole. Um, but like, I love the Rush Hour movies, even the third one, which sucks. I still kind of like, um, and like th- the character interactions of this movie are very Rush Hour for me. Um, everyone seems to have good chemistry. Lamar, you're right. This is, there's a lot of Ocean's Eleven here. The music is straight Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> yeah. Um, I totally forgot about that. Like, it's it's a good heist movie. Where this movie falls apart for me a little bit is is definitely the end. Like I said, the car is my complaint. You know, in Ocean's 11, 12, whatever, at the end where like they kind of recap and they show you all like the misdirection that's been going on and how everything worked out. Like they didn't do that in this movie cuz they couldn't have cuz I don't think any of it would have actually worked. Like like oh, the car's on the roof, it's in the pool, it's in the elevator. Mm. Um like that was kind of stupid, but it doesn't, for me, it doesn't detract from the movie. It's just like they could have tidied it up a little bit. Um, but yeah, this movie is fun. Start to finish. Everyone's great in it. 
Um, the acting is good. The characters are good. Matthew Broderick is phenomenal. Um, yeah. It, I, yeah. I, the fact that this movie is, wasn't well, more well received. I don't get hmm. uh, a rabbit troop sucks metric is that there's a dog in this movie and it probably wasn't the best character. It wasn't. No, it wasn't. <laughs> the dog was not a good actor. Yeah, I, there's not much more I could add. I, I agree. I love Matthew Broderick in this film. He is absolutely my favorite. Like every word that he says in this movie, I was just laughing. Uh, I love Ben Stiller. Ben Stiller is such like I, I still feel today a kind of an unsung hero. He's just like in any movie. Like, yeah, I mentioned Night at the Museum before. Uh, those are a lot of fun. It's a more a family movie, but he's also been in like very serious movies. I love him in The Secret Life of Walter Mitty, which just demonstrates he's a very serious person sometimes and could also be comedic all in one role. So there's so many times Ben Stiller's super believable. This for me is, uh, from what I've seen, Casey Affleck's like, one of his best performances. Um, I just thought everyone was super well cast. Eddie Murphy's pretty good here. I mean, clearly this is not the highlight of Eddie Murphy for me by any means, um, but he's fun. And Lamar, I think we were talking beforehand that you were like, man, like he was just, like took a hiatus from just anything comedic. Um, and yeah. then like, he just like reappeared for this movie. It did feel like there was a long period of time where even the comedic movies he did, I think in between this, he did like Pluto Nash. We don't talk about Pluto. <laughs> <laughs> I think there was a sequel to Dr. Doolittle. I didn't enjoy those Dr. movies. Dr. Nash. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, medicine woman this was a comeback for him in my eye i thought he was hilarious in this he does a classic when he's talking with mr simon he goes back and does the classic eddie murphy impersonation of, oh yeah it was just phenomenal i thought this was a comeback to the eddie murphy moments of old i believe there are like heavy rumors that there's going to be a new beverly hills cop I mean, I'll watch it i'm gonna yeah. tell you that directly yeah. i'm ready for that yeah like i hope i hope that's fun yeah, I don't know. I, uh, you know, I, oh, go ahead for it. We we had talked about doing a different Ben Stiller movie, if you know what I'm referring to, and we should. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk off air. Yeah, it'll be funsies. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think all of you should watch this movie if you like heist movies. Like, uh, hopefully, you took Mike's warning and you watched this movie ahead of time. Even if you didn't, it's just so much fun. Again, the chemistry of everyone's awesome. Ben Stiller's great. Again, Matthew Broderick every day. Um. Thanks for listening, as always. Coming up next, Speed Racer, uh, 2008. Um, <laughs> uh, our, our friend Chris uh, is going to totally disagree with our review of Speed Racer, where his podcast once covered it. Yeah, they hated it. Um, wow. But so, you know, kind of our our theme for December is like... Presents to ourselves. These are presents, presents to ourselves. And others. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Speed Racer is a movie that Paul and I have both seen, and I... I absolutely fucking love this movie. Yeah, I own this movie. I look forward to watching um, it. Yeah, so this is like this is gonna be just us enjoying ourselves. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, to not, Chris. To not give away too much, uh, for yeah, Mike's right. For the uh, upcoming month of December, it was all the theme was presence. And I, at first, I was like, presence to ourselves, sort of. The first one is like Mike and I have talked about Speed Racer, and usually people are like, eh, Speed Racer. Uh, I'm gonna defend it every which way. Yeah. Uh, then we had some uh, holiday themed movies, which we'll get to, uh, hopefully you're still listening, but I, I just, in addition to those holiday themed movies and speed racer, which was the present for ourselves, I just said, I want a ninja movie and boy, howdy, when we get to that, yeah. uh, 
I, I switched it for not just a ninja movie for me. I did it for the world. <laughs> well, yeah. And that, that's a present for everybody. And one of these movies is a, a present specifically for Colin. Yeah. Sort of. <laughs> We're really using Colin as the scapegoat to be like, mm, yeah. now we could justify doing this movie on a podcast because Colin hasn't seen it. But yes, there will be a very holiday themed film that Colin has not seen. Can't wait. Yeah, I also can't wait. I think we all can't wait. We're all excited about that one. We are, yeah. That's going to be exciting. I contacted Spirit Halloween, and I got us all uh, nativity scene uh, costumes <laughs> that we could wear okay. to reenact the moment. Um, not that that was that's the movie, but you know, just to be in the spirit. I mean, yeah. Who do you want to go as? I, I I could see a good uh good Joseph out of Calvin. Okay, <laughs> I'll grow out the beard a little bit. Yeah, yeah, done. I like it. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be a, a camel. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, hopefully you join us for Speed Racer, and you find out what all the presents this month are gonna be about. And you know, the real present is you, listeners. It's you. It's you listening and buying our merchandise online and listening. Yeah. That's and listening. the real <laughs> gift that keeps on giving the whole year round. Uh, <laughs> Rabbit Troop sucks merchandise, and in your voices. In your head. <laughs> they get, they, there's voices in, in people's heads? Well, now there are. Is it our voices? <laughs> well, I told you. It's one way or another. We're getting in that ear hole. Oh, shit. <laughs> and that's that's a present for everybody. Like a worm that Khan would give you. Mm, yeah. And in that note, as always, <laughs> Rabbit Troop sucks. <laughs> Rabbit Troop sucks. <laughs>